sifter.com.au. Hey, and welcome to Drop Rate Sifter's review podcast. My name is Courtney Barrett, and joining me on the panel this week are Emily Spindler and Sophia Casanova. This week, we're talking about Tale, a League of Legends story, an adventure RPG set within Riot Games' League of Legends universe. Before we get into Tale, let's find out what's been making the news this week with the top stories on Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly news podcast. Hi, I'm Kyle Paletto. And I'm Gianni DiGiovanni. And here are the top stories this week on Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly news podcast for Sunday, 5th of May. Escape from Tarkov developers relent, allowing access to PvE mode for players who bought an all-DLC bundle, but not before saying, sorry, you're mad. Solo developed Mana Lords and indie city builder break sales and Steam records. Take-Two shuts down studios behind Kerbal Space Program and Oli Oli World. And we wrap all the cool things announced at ID at Xbox. You can get every episode of Walkthrough for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and on our website, sifter.com.au, every Sunday. Sit down for a chat with your pals in video games. You're listening to Sifter. Emily, what is Bandle Tale? I'm so, so glad you asked, Courtney. So, Bandle Tale is a crafting RPG. It's set within the world of Bandle City. Uh, it's where most of the Yordles live. I'm still learning this because, just to preface this, I have never played League of Legends in my life. Um, so, <laughs> this is all new to me, but essentially, you are playing a little Yordle, just a little guy. They kind of seem like fae like in their presentation. I also feel like they're very hobbit coded personally. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just my take from the game because it is a cozy type game, or at least I think it is. Um, and essentially, you were sent on a big hero's journey, if you will, after a, a party goes awry and essentially the portals stop working, everything goes wrong, and you have to try and fix it, I guess. That's probably how I would describe it. So you've never played League of Legends? No. So I remember being, or I want to say like 14, and I downloaded it onto my Mac at the time, which absolutely did not work. And then I think I just like left it there as a bit and continued being like, yeah, yeah, I'll play it. And then I just never did. And then when I actually got a gaming PC, I was a little bit intimidated by the reputation that precedes League, if you will, because I am, well, I'm a really sweaty gamer, but I'm also really, really sensitive and I'll cry if I like get any criticism that I, so I don't know, it's, it's a, it's a really good mix. So I decided that maybe it was better for everyone and myself if I didn't play it. Um, so yeah, I'm coming into this totally fresh. I mean, I've watched Arcane and that is about where my understanding of anything vaguely League of Legends universe kind of ends beyond, beyond Battletail, of course now. So yeah. <laughs> I actually love, Emily, that you've come into the game kind of like with only your knowledge of Arcane because I feel like you're going into it like, yeah, so fresh and you're able to experience the game in such a different way. I, as a fan of League of Legends, like I went into it and 
it was like almost it felt a bit not I don't want to say it was nostalgic because the game in itself is like nothing compared to what League of Legends is but seeing those characters that I'm so familiar with was really lovely so um that's really cool but yes I have played League of Legends for many years I actually took a very long break for a while um and then Earth came out and I was like okay well I must I must reinstall <laughs> and I did and I was like oh do I regret this decision yes but am I having a good time yes I will say I'm also a bit sweaty but I'm also quite sensitive and I do get like sad if someone starts flaming me in chat so I'm like I will have to mute you thank you otherwise I will be much sadder than I am right now I feel like on the outside the girlies are like we're like Bandletail. We're like Yordles, right? We are the Yordles, yeah. And yes. inside, we're Jinx. <laughs> yes, we are. That is such an yes. accurate, that is, I feel like that's an accurate description. I agree. We'll go back to Bandletail because I could talk about League all day. Um, but Sophia, what stood out to you most in Bandletail? I love this question because I feel like there was quite a few things that stood out to me, but the most prominent thing that stood out to me was how beautifully they weaved the narrative of this little yordle who's just finished this apprenticeship, this little knitting apprenticeship, and they go out into the real world and then all of a sudden they're given this big quest and they're like, I need to save my friends. And it's such a beautiful story. And they've also they've weaved that beautifully with the gameplay. And, you know, you're crafting and doing all these amazing things, but it doesn't feel like this endless grind like a standard league of legends game can feel it very much is like everything has a purpose and everything you do ladders up to the main story and at the same time you're experiencing this beautiful story while just getting to like make little cute little things and cook up some food and feed your fellow yordles so that was definitely the thing that stood out to me the most about it like and that's probably just in a way describing the game but i loved how they did that i would say the I definitely agree with Sophia on like everything having a purpose and it not feeling like a grind, which was something that I thought was very interesting because I went into it being like, oh, well, you know, it's it's not League of Legends, but it is coming from kind of the same universe. I do wonder if it is going to have that grindy aspect to it. And particularly being a crafting based game, often they can get quite bogged down. And I know that a lot of reviewers did actually take issue with the level of granularity in the crafting and the ridiculously huge skill trees that kind of came with that, you know, oh, I need to craft this thing, but I need that material to be able to build that crafting bench, but I need that crafting bench to be able to make that material. It's kind of all lumps on top of each other, but I actually froth that so much. Like (laughs) I really enjoy kind of getting stuck into that and having to work your way backwards and I also really liked and this is something that I mentioned in my review that I wrote for Kotaku Australia I really liked that there was a lot of times where you did kind of have to sit and wait for things to finish crafting and sort of just take everything in and stop for a second and that's something that I felt really carried over into a lot of different aspects of gameplay like even there's certain locations on the map where there is the option to just stop and look at like these vistas and the different areas and like beautiful waterfalls and kind of Escher style landscapes. And that has its own reward and that, you know, that can help you to build up skill points to then be able to get more skills. So I liked that they kind of wove in that, what would you call it? 
that kind of value of just like stopping and watching the world go by and like not having to rush around and going at your own pace that it was kind of also like a, a technical technical like gameplay aspect too. <laughs> yeah, that's good. We love it. Even though some things are so small, the, I guess, necessity of them to continue driving the story, like, especially with the crafting, like, you can't progress unless you do the crafting, right? Um, and it makes me think back to... Fay Farm, I think it was. And I don't know if you guys played that, but basically I was able to just play through the story without crafting a lot of things. Like you didn't have to do that. You had to craft some things, but not everything. And in this, you have to craft everything. And I kind of love that. Yeah, I thought that it was really good that you kind of couldn't bypass it because, I mean, this extends to pretty much any game like even ones in completely different genres that have a kind of crafting mechanic there's usually like a way that you can get around it or you can use like lesser quality materials whereas in this it was like no you need to you need to take your time you need to make it right you know as you progress further you need to use higher quality and more refined materials and etc like I thought I thought that was a really cool little aspect and I think it it kind of gets you engaged in the crafting mechanic as opposed to thinking of it as kind of just something that's there. I actually really enjoyed that aspect because I sometimes find myself wanting to fly through a story and just kind of take, just go through one quest line and finish that entirely. But what I loved about Vandaltale and the way it did that was that almost in a way you have to like like you have to go between different threads and you have to and because you can't complete something without having done something else and it allows you to like have a more wholesome gameplay in total because like you're not only exploring so many different areas of the city but you're also just meeting all these different little yordles and you're yeah you're able to kind of sit and really appreciate it um so yeah I also really liked that aspect as well one of my favorite things about the game, and I don't know if this was like intentional in the way they did it, but what, but um, the fact that it, like, so there's no time limit, like throughout, like for example, something like Stardew Valley where you have like the whole day to do something. It's very much like you wake up and you can do whatever you want during the day, and everything, like all your actions, like crafting, um, running your food stand, interacting with environments, um, they all fill up your emotion orbs. And then once those get, once they fill up, it's a sign that you need to put your little yordle to bed and have some dreaming and some sleep time. And I really loved that the game essentially was telling us to just prioritize rest because without resting in the game, you don't get to progress. And in a way, I feel like that translates into real life you know unless we are prioritizing our rest and our sleep and dreaming and having all these really intrinsic parts of our lives then we don't get to progress um and that comes across very deep <laughs> for this really cute crafting rpg but i thought that was beautiful and it was just it was very a very simple mechanic within the game but it comes across so so wonderfully I agree. I thought it was very sweet. I also think it's funny that maybe that is a message that some League players also maybe need to hear. I don't know if that was on purpose. I'm not looking at you, Courtney. Don't it worry. It might have been intentional. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
but I I thought it was really sweet that like the emotion orbs fill up when you like see beautiful things as well and like you know I just think it's a super wholesome addition I don't know I like when kind of the message of the game or the overall vibe comes into gameplay as opposed to just being in story I think another thing that I really really liked about it and this is like such a basic answer but I just thought the art style was gorgeous and I loved how vibrant it was and all the different designs, the different yordles that like, I don't know, it was just like a real joy to be able to experience. And I um also think the food stands are really fun. I absolutely love cooking in games. Like just as an aside, whenever I play survival games, I become the cook. This also goes for MMOs. I refuse to engage in most of the other aspects of the game and I just cook. Um, make everyone else do the rest so I don't know the food stands are really fun I liked that it was time that was the one thing that kind of was timed and the orders were very impatient and it was sometimes a little bit stressful but probably one yeah. of the only stressful aspects yeah. of the game and I feel like Emily that's probably where maybe your comparison of like hobbits came in aside from the fact that there's like little like these little tiny guys but it's like hobbits and just they're like appetite for food like just thinking about the little yodel standing there like and you have this little timer that's going waiting to get little like yolk buds into the yeah. oven and you're like please it's fine like, i'll be there in two seconds just let me cook the beets oh my god i'm slicing the beets and i have then i ran out of plates so i now need to make more plates when i ran out of plates i was like nah yeah on, we, we're not doing this don't do this to me. Yeah, I felt like I had like a little like Yordle Gordon Ramsay like hovering over me, like yeah, in the back of my life. <laughs> like you didn't chop those right. It's like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, I'm so Chef. Sorry. I'll do sorry, better Chef. next time. <laughs> Bandle tail um, turns into overcooked. <laughs> I I straight up reckon it did have some overcooked vibes in yeah, that sort of little mini game. I personally am not enjoying the cooking because I don't like the pressure. And I don't like being watched. <laughs> and they just watch you. They're like, they're, they're, they're just like, like hello, <laughs> feed, they just feed me. Yeah, it's too much. I think all of the mini games are really good, though. I mean, like the, the whenever you're throwing like a festival or a party as well, I guess that is that's also timed in its own way. And like collecting the inspiration from the guests and stuff like that can be kind of stressful when it's like ticking down, and you're like, oh my god, I need that. Um, but I think that also helped to break up the crafting and help make it less of a grind because you weren't just constantly crafting. There was other little bits and bobs that you needed to do. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, like especially, like I definitely loved running the food stand when, one, when I was like low on stars and I'm like, I need to buy some things. I would just cook for people. Um, I really enjoyed throwing the parties um, and seeing everybody just boogie on the dance floor was really good i got really upset when i picked the wrong music for them and i was like no <gasps> try the vibes were not there they were not they were not lit yeah. it was like 75 percent vibes and then not vibes. so i was like no <laughs> do you have any least favorite aspects of the game emily is like yeah <laughs> I had a couple of kind of like, they were all really minor, I feel, except for one. I found that the navigate navigation using WASD was a little bit finicky in a lot of the areas of the maps because they kind of do loop and sometimes like, you know, different parts of the environment kind of cover different spots where you need to walk. It was like a little bit tricky. Um, 
I don't know, I've, I wish that it had kind of like a point and a click movement as an option. Um, but I think that's also just because I get a bit lazy and I like to be able to kind of like lean back and just use one hand and like, I don't know, sip a girly little drink in the other while I'm playing. I don't know. But yeah, no, it was, that kind of was like a little bit annoying. And there was some points where I'd get like stuck on a diagonal and I'd have to kind of dick around with the keys. Um, it didn't happen too often, but it happened enough that I was like, hmm. Um, I only had really, I think, I think I only had like one or two other complaints. One of them was that at some point the music got really, really repetitive. Like I felt like it just kept playing the same track over and over again, despite the fact that I know that the soundtrack was actually relatively large. I don't know why it like just kept playing like the same track that it played while I was in Yarnville and it just continued and I was like, oh, okay. Um, but it became kind of like a little bit of a drone to the point where I sort of forgot that it was playing and then I was like, eh, whatever. Um, but beyond that, I feel like the only other thing that I was a bit fussy on was there was some points where because it like handheld you a little bit but it wasn't like overwhelming as far as the amount of tutorials and you know when you were looking at different things it would kind of show you the steps to make things when you hovered over them but there was some where like it didn't really make sense and I would kind of be like bumbling around the map trying to work out what I was meant to do this mainly goes for bug catching I got really really confused because I got the skill to catch like the little like firefly type bugs that you use to heat up the oven. And then I just didn't really do it because I stole a bunch out of um, one of the Yarnville residents like chests. So I just didn't need them. And then it got to the point where I needed to catch these bugs called spotty bugs. And so I got like the skill for it and I built like the trap. And then I was like, oh, but, but how do I use it? Do I like put it in a bench? And then when I hovered over it, it just had a picture of a bug. And like, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know what this means. So I was like, I, I literally for 20 minutes was stuck, like wandering around the map and then like going to my benches and then leaving my benches and then like going into my little like garden conservatory. I was getting so confused. And then by chance, I wandered past this like floating little light, like a super translucent, like floating light in a corner and saw the, like a little thing, like an option as if I could click it, come up. And I was like, wait a minute there's clusters of them and I put it there but it took so long so there were some points where I maybe wouldn't have minded being handheld a little bit more but beyond that they were kind of like my only real complaints. I think for me it wasn't necessarily the spotty bugs that was my problem for me it was it was the auras I simply could not understand how to use the auras beyond the ones that you see on the ground like I'm not sure if you've gotten to this part yet but there's a part in Green Sprout Grove where you have to grow these seeds in order to be able to plant them for this quest and the only way you can do it is if you have one like the ingredients to do it and this specific aura but I could not find the aura anywhere on anywhere on any of the islands and I was like does she exist? I don't know. Is she in the room with us right she, now? Yeah, I just simply could not figure it out. And then I only stumbled upon it by chance. I just happened to come across it when I had my my mat rolled out and I had my, I was at my crafting bench and I was like, oh, it's there, quickly craft it. So do it, I, do it now. Do it, quickly do it. So I would have loved for a little, have, have either been like given a little bit more 
information about auras beyond the ones that you just see on the ground like the ones where it's like how do i find the ones that like you know it's related to a specific quest etc um, i think that could have been presented a little bit differently or with a bit more information yeah like the visual guidance i guess in the game was like not like even in the very beginning like some parts is are just not very obvious like trying to get the bananas and cook the but i'm like where are the bananas who has bananas on this island tell me come out now reveal um, yourself please give me the bananas <laughs> Or Gordon Ramsay is going to yell at me, please. <laughs> I have some cooking trauma. <laughs> How do you feel that this game compares to others in the genre? Because there's, I don't want to say there's an oversaturation of kind of cozy games, but there are a lot. There's definitely heaps. And I think like cozy games as a genre, I feel like it, I don't even know if I would call cozy games in and of themselves as a genre, because I feel like there's so many kind of, subsections it's more just about the general vibe of the game I feel like that descriptor like but when I do think about how Vandal Tale compares to games like Stardew Valley it's definitely like similar in a lot of ways you know you're crafting there's cute pixel art it's colorful there's wholesome little music there's little guys um but beyond that I did feel like it was quite different because while Stardew Valley you know did have a story it was a bit less like kind of I guess it didn't really have that RPG element in the same way is what I'm trying to say. And I, I think that is just a difference in genre. You know, if I was to look at other similar games, like, for example, like to some extent, like Animal Crossing, I don't know. It has those kind of, you know, you're getting resources, you're working your way up to things like and I think that is it's really rewarding, particularly in Bandletale, because there is that story progression. Um, and like Sophia mentioned earlier, I do really like how there isn't that sort of time limit of like the ticking clock of the day, like there is in Stardew Valley in Bandle Tale, because it does remove, I think, that level of urgency a little bit. Like obviously I loved I loved the changing of seasons in Stardew Valley, don't get me wrong, but like I think it, it's nice to be able to have similar-ish gameplay, but at a different pace and to be able to go at your own pace and you know really enjoy it and not just be like rushing out and like oh my god I have to water everything oh my god I have to craft this I have to click on all these benches like I think that can kind of sometimes take out from the simple enjoyment. I would echo everything you've just said Emily because uh, I feel like that I feel like what you've said is pretty much what I was thinking and I would say that yeah Bandle Tale where, where, how, where it compares is definitely the crafting elements but where it differs is very much the narrative and the heartfelt story that you're getting throughout it. It's very much, much more integrated within the gameplay as um, I think, as I mentioned earlier. Who would you guys recommend this game to? I feel like it kind of covers multiple demographics because, you know, very obviously it's targeted to those people that love cozy games, but then, you know, because it has the League of Legends universe behind it, you know, there'll be some League players that I think, would really really enjoy it because they'll be like ah oh, I know that guy kind of vibe and then on top of that there's the people that really enjoy RPGs that maybe don't like cozy games or aren't really that into them that'll really enjoy that narrative aspect which I think is one of its strengths. I agree I think the game is very accessible I think that you know there's a lot of different demographics that would be very interested in it including all of the girlies who you know, come across as yodels, but inside they are jinx. Um, so I 
yeah, I think that it's very diverse in terms of like who I would recommend it to. So That's Bandletail from Lazy Bear Games. Thanks to Riot Games for giving us a code for review. You can pick it up on PC and Nintendo Switch from February 22nd. Hey there, Gianni here on the latest episode of Lightmap Sifter's interview podcast. Trent Custers from Melbourne's League of Geeks joins me to share the pretty candid story of how their studio almost came to its end. The thing that I said to Blake, who's the game director on Jump Light Odyssey, and you know, we've got to remind ourselves is that it literally was just a logic puzzle. Like we did not have enough money to take one team all the way through till say late 2024, which is when which is the amount of time that Jump Light Odyssey needed to be completed. We've got to put this one game that's already out there that has a bunch of potential and then invested in this other game that, you know, very clearly, because we can see the wishlist doesn't have this, and it's always been the case, like Solid Inferno is the weirdo strategy game, right? It was never it was never the commercial front runner out of the two. You know, you don't get to pick and choose that actually the decision is made for you. You can get every episode of Lightmap for free on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube, or head to our website, sifter.com.au. You're listening to Drop Rate by Sifter. Visit us on sifter.com.au. This has been Drop Rate by Sifter, our video game review podcast. Sophia, where can listeners find you on the internet and check out some of your work? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Sophia E. Casanova, and you can find my latest work on Games Hub. And how about you, Emily? You can find me on Twitter at SageFox, spelt with a zero and two X's because my username was taken because of course it was. And you can find my writing on Kotaku Australia. Sifter is produced by Chris Button, Courtney Borat, Kyle Pauletto, Fiona Bartholomeus, Daniel Ang and Adam Christou. Mitch Lowe is our senior producer and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the theme music. That's all for this week. You can check out what Sifter is up to on our socials at SifterHQ on Twitter or Instagram. Wanting to have a read of something? You can head to sifter.com.au. There's articles, pieces, videos, and more. Peace.